The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Thank you. This is episode 93 of The Boys of Tech for Monday, 22 November 2010. There are two hosts. I'm one of them. My name is Edwin Herman. The other one is Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Howdy. So how are you this fine morning? Uh, not too bad. And yourself? Well, uh, well, you know, it's Monday, but other than that, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we've got, what, how many stories? Five stories to cover this week. And in fact, two of them are on the Microsoft Connect. So she'll kick off with those two. Yeah, why not? All right. The first one is about the Kinect being hacked so that you can use it on a computer rather than with the Xbox. And the second story about the Kinect is rumors that Microsoft may start using it to watch you and target ads for you based on uh, use of the camera. So we'll kick off with uh, hacking it. Now, they there was a competition, wasn't there? Yes, yeah. A, um a hack the connect competition, I suppose. <laughs> that is correct. An electronics company offered originally a thousand dollars as a prize to the first person who could create PC drivers that would allow the connect to work on a PC. The bounty was then increased to three thousand dollars and has finally been won. Yeah. Woohoo. Who won that? A person by the name of Hector Martin who successfully created some Connect drivers. And they had to make them publicly available, didn't they? That was part of the deal. Yes, yep, that was yeah, part of the deal. It had to be open source. Yeah. Yep. So you can actually install these drivers. They're Linux drivers, aren't they? He's, yep. he's, he's done this for Linux. Mm-hmm. Uh, as all hackers use. I mean, what hackers use? Windows, come on. Oh, exactly. <laughs> They're all Linux people for some reason. Anyway, as you say, it's been won by Hector Martin. And now, if you want, you can use the motion sensor part of the Connect. That's the only part that drivers have been written for. But that's good mm-hmm. enough uh, on a Linux platform. Mm-hmm. Would you want to? <laughs> I don't know. What can you do with it? I suppose you can integrate <laughs> it to, to, to software, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You could integrate it into software and it allows you to have a motion capture device that you could use for all kinds of things, either different kinds of control for your Linux operating system or many different possibilities. There were rumors that Microsoft, and this still might end up being true, uh, that Microsoft were going to bring this out for Windows anyway at some point. Mm. It hasn't happened yet, and maybe it'll never happen, but there's been rumors for a while that Microsoft would do that, and it kind of makes, I can see it. It makes sense, doesn't it? Well, yeah, Microsoft does have its Windows Live system, which connects to the Xbox Live network for games that people play on the PC. So, yeah, why not bring the Kinect across to PCs so that PC developers can create games that utilize its features as well? Seems logical to me. In Mm -hmm. fact, speaking of motion sensing, remember we talked to David Frampton a couple of episodes ago? He was the guy we talked to because his games Chopper and Chopper 2 for the iPhone were doing really, really well? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, he'd also developed an app that allows you to browse your iTunes library by flicking through your tracks and cover flow by motioning your hands in front of the camera. Yeah. So you kind of flick. It's kind of like like on the iPhone touch as you sort of flick 
from page to page. It's like that, but you're not mm-hmm. touching anything. You're just sort of waving in front of the camera. I tried it out. It's it's not too bad. It doesn't work so well in low light, but hey, that's to be expected. Well, yeah. Most webcams and most cameras that you'll find on phones generally don't work very well in low light anyway, so. Yeah, no, that's true. It doesn't so, surprise me that. Yeah. But, you know, in, in good lighting, it works reasonably well. It's kind of... It's kind of nifty. It's a bit of a novelty thing, if anything. I mean, mm. you know, but uh, yeah, that seems to work quite well. Just coming back to the Connect thing, the other story there, that micro, well, rumors, remember, this is just rumors, that Microsoft may choose to target ads for you by making use of the camera that's built into the Connect device, doing facial recognition and other patterns and so on, and heuristics, and applying mm. those. What do you think? Would, yeah. Would they? Well... Obviously, Microsoft has also heard this rumor because they have recently come out with a statement saying that they uh, that they won't be using any information captured by Connect on the Xbox 360 and Xbox Live for advertising targeting purposes. Oh, so they've come out and said that? They've come out and said that probably because of all of the talk about this rumor, which had the, the rumor had pretty good foundation, seeing as it came out of the, the mouth of Dennis Durkin, who serves as the chief operating officer and chief financial officer for Microsoft's Xbox video game business. So <laughs> it had some teeth, didn't it? The rumor had yeah, some teeth. The rumor but- had some teeth to it, but <laughs> someone else further it. Further in it, Microsoft has come back saying, no, we're not going to use this. What I thought was most interesting, which hasn't been covered in any of these things about the rumor, the flip side of what Dennis Durkin had suggested, and that being that the company has the ability through this device to watch you. Actually, that's a point. Just the simple fact that they can if they wanted to. Yeah, they could if they wanted to. They've come out with a statement now saying that they won't use it for advertising purposes. They won't do it for that. But, yeah, (laughs) and that they've had a strong track record for protecting their customers' privacy. But this does open up, a you know, create a facility for them to be peering in on you. Yeah, now that is a little bit odd, isn't it? I mean, I'd be a little bit uncomfortable knowing that the vendor could turn my camera on and and look at me. Well, yeah, it brings up a whole slew of privacy issues. There was quite some time ago now, about the beginning of the year, when we talked about a story of a school district in America where one of the schools had gotten in big trouble because they had turned Mm. on the cameras of the school-owned laptops that were being used by students at home and had peered in (laughs) and noticed a student doing something and they had decided that the obvious after peering, that the student was doing something bad and just disciplined the student. And, well, that opened up the floodgates for the fact that what were they doing peering in on a student in the student's home after school hours on a internet-connected video device that they controlled? They've had a pretty big slap on the wrist for it. They went through the courts and they have been found in the wrong and... Well, not surprisingly. Well, indeed, the implications for a company or an organization outside of your control being able to peer in on your family doing stuff in front of your own television screen. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, this is a thing. I mean, the fact... But I always find it interesting that it's always the possible uses for targeting advertising or targeting information to you and the ease of use things that are going to make it. It's going to be so much easier for to do this stuff. 
now that we can watch you. Yeah. And it takes a little bit longer before the people stop and think, wait a minute, that means that you're peering in and watching me. Yeah, that means you and can, I might be, yeah. Yeah, I might be sitting here playing my Kinect game in my underwear. <laughs> but would you really be? <laughs> oh. No, I know what you're saying. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. And, you know, as, as much as Apple get a bad rap for wanting to control its users, I don't think, well, at least there's been no rumours and no substance anyway, I don't think they can turn on your Mac's webcam. At least so far as we know. Yeah. But it is a, a valid question, you know, and uh, do we want Microsoft or any of their partners for that matter to have the ability to do that with the Connect? I think not. Uh, moving on to Google. Now, this, is, this was big news this week. They've announced that they're making plans to release a system that allows you to make purchases using your Android phone. And all you yeah. do is you tap to pay. Ah, so yes, this is the device that they're building into their Nexus 2 handset, isn't it? Well, yeah, they covered up the, when they did the demo, they covered up the label, didn't they? But people do well, think they, it's yeah, the they, Nexus 2. Yeah, yeah. Or they, they, it's they, be called, they covered yeah. up the manufacturer's label, so they don't know who is going to be producing it, Correct. whether or not it's HTC. There are rumors around that it's going to be Samsung that produces the next Nexus. Yeah, so how's, how's that going to work, do you know? Well, the phone is going to have what they're calling an NFC chip, a near-field communication chip. And so it's basically a proximity chip, like an RFID. And for those New Zealand users, uh, that means it'll be similar to uh, a snapper card, except that the phone will also need software on it to control the chip so that you'll basically open up an app and press the pay button while you've got the phone close to the receiver. Um, so that's more secure because if someone steals your phone, they need to get into this app and into your phone to start with. So it's likely to be more secured simply on, on that matter yeah. alone. Well, I'm not so sure. I'd like to see the, the statistics on phone thefts. Yeah, yeah but my, my point <laughs> is if you, steal, if, you steal an RF, if you steal an RFID card that acts as a, a payment facility like what you referred to before, the Snapper card, the, mm. you can use that. Straight yeah, away, yeah. you don't need to do anything. Whereas well, with a phone, you need to break into the phone or break into the app. The, the point about that is because Hong Kong has a similar system, what they call the, uh, Oyster. the octopus. Oh, is it octopus? One of them has Oyster. Yeah, well, Oyster is the... Is that UK? That's the UK. That's the UK it? underground, the tube. Right, that's and, right. Yep. Uh, public transport payment system is the Oyster card. And the Oyster card is basically a snapper card. You just place it. What Google has been spouting about the technology in the phone is that it could replace your credit card. Now, your credit card has access to far greater funds than an Oyster card or a Snapper card, those ones that you have to top up. So if somebody steals your Oyster card or your Snapper card, then they only get access to however much money you've put on that card. If the, you know, the rumors, suggestions about the possible future of this NFC chip technology in your phone to replace your credit card, then somebody stealing your phone, it would be the same as if they had stolen your credit card and your PIN number. But, so, but wouldn't they need to get into the app? Surely the app must challenge you for something. Well, you would hope. You but, once so. again, <laughs> but once yeah. again, this is all future tech. This is all their possibilities that Google are building into it. There's no... There's no uh, deals or plans or anything with any credit card vendors or anything like that. Google doesn't have any plans right now for the relationships that they would put in place with third-party payment processes. So it's all future. It's all Google doing what they do and going, this is cool, this is something we can do, and it could be used for this in the future. 
But now, real time, it means you can do use it for other sorts of things, either micropayment transactions or perhaps tap control of different products and different things. I think the the claim that it's going to replace your credit card, it might be true, but it's not going to happen any, anytime soon. I can't oh, see yeah. it happening anytime soon. <laughs> the guy from Google who made the claim that this could replace your credit card himself says that it's not going to happen anytime soon. Was that Eric Schmidt, was it? Yeah, that's Eric Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you that I don't have a Snapper card anymore. I used to. And the reason I don't, it, well, it's kind of twofold. Number one, it was when they introduced it, it was, there was a huge failure rate. I was experiencing it. I was observing it with other people and it was just mm-hmm. more of a hassle and it slowed me down, at least getting off the bus anyway. And the other reason that I ditched it is because it was yet another card. <laughs> Whereas I've always got money, maybe not a lot, but I've always got a little bit of cash kicking around mm-hmm. and I've always got my credit card and my debit card. And yep. I didn't want yet another card. Snapper did bring out a device for people like you who didn't want to carry around another card. It was a USB stick. I don't want to carry one of those either. No, it wasn't a USB stick. It was a little tag that you could clip onto your key ring. Why? <laughs> Why? Why do I want to... Just- they're really easy to do. But the, then I have to, I have to top this. Card it, it's in a Hong pain. Kong I have to top this thing up. I massively to, taken off. Yeah, but the I, Octopus I have, card in Hong Kong is used for payments for public transport, payments at the convenience store. Yeah, but you have to top it up. That's my problem with it. If it was yeah. a banking card, I'd be fine. But you have to I go would and be top less it up. fine with it if it was a banking card. Because it is a top-up card, it's got that security in place. It has oh, yeah, that. Okay, so if it's stolen, it. yeah. You can yeah. make sure that you, you know, you top it up when you you know, go to the convenience store and whatever and you pay with the card and it gets declined. You can top it up to $10 and say that you're going to maintain a sort of $10-ish limit on your card. And I'm yeah, okay, to- there is, yeah, no, I'll, I'll grant you that. That's, you're right. There's no authentication, so you don't enter a PIN number or anything like that. You just hold it up to the terminal and the payment's made. So if your card is stolen, anyone can do that, and you're right. But uh, look, you know, the fact that I had to keep topping it up was, was a pain. I, I just got rid of it. Yeah, uh, I think it's a brilliant device and I think it's brilliant technology. I think you're just an old-fashioned buddy-buddy. <laughs> look, you're you know, I, I embrace technology, but no, this one was just beyond me. I, I, I couldn't do this I, one. Yeah, I never noticed that there was a significant failure rate. That, was, that, was, was, that was so clear to me because, I mean, I used to catch a bus every day and not just with me but with other people, you know, Card error, please try again, card error. There's one time I was trying to get off the bus and so I was the last person trying to get off and I was holding it up to the sensor three or four times and it wouldn't take it. There's a sensor just on the other side of the doorway. Uh, this is at the rear entrance. So yeah. I tried again that for three or four times and the end it didn't work. I walked all the way to the front of the bus and tried it and then it worked. That's just one example, sure. But there was a high failure rate and I could see this and I was experiencing it. But I don't know. I guess your mileage may vary. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, this sort of device has so much potential to open up for freedom for micropayment systems, and it's great for public transport. The Oyster Card is really quite popular. It's so popular and useful that while I was in the UK for the whole week that I was there, I bought myself an Oyster Card. Well, in fact, I didn't buy it. I was given an Oyster card by a friend of mine who I was visiting there saying, this is going to make your life so much easier while you're here. So what's the alternative? I mean, well, give me an example. I guess the, the tube? Well, the, the alternative on the tube is, well, let's put it this way. You either walk up to the turnstile, touch your Oyster card against it and go through and then get on the train, or you end up 
waiting in a queue to pay somebody. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I can see that. Yeah, like I can. Yeah, especially can, if you're yeah. frequent user. You've got your constantly moving queue at the turnstile, just touching the Oyster card, or you've got a queue to pay, and then the queue to get through. Okay, <laughs> so I can see that. Whereas you know, with the buses here, at least here in New Zealand, there isn't a separate queue. The queue to get on the bus, whether you got a snapper card or a cash uh, payment, is how same. much quicker is the person with a snapper card? than the person who pays by cash. It's a little bit quicker to get on. How much slower is it to get off? I'm queuing behind people trying to tag off, and I don't have to tag off because I paid cash, so I can get off quicker. So, sure, you lose at one end, you gain at the other. <laughs> I think the ease of use of this. Look, the point I was trying to make, though, about the, the comparison is that the, the queue is, the, okay, it is a few mm. seconds longer, I agree with you, but what I'm saying is to get on the bus here in New Zealand, if you've got cash, you don't need to go to a special booth and pay your money and get it converted to something and then pass that through. You just pay the driver cash. So I'm not saying there's no extra effort, if you like, but it's mm. just, it's a lot smaller than the yep. situation you well, described in London. Yeah. But the, the snapper has expanded in New Zealand. You can use it for paying at the supermarket. You can use it for paying for things at the deli, the corner store. So it means that you can give it to your 10-year-old and send them to buy the milk or whatever. Yes, without now that, that is a brilliant use. Absolutely. Your, your credit card. Yes, that is a brilliant <laughs> use. I totally agree with you there, Brett. I totally agree with you. Having said that, just going back to, your, to what you were starting off saying, it's expanded, you can use it here, there, and everywhere. To me, if that's happening, then what you're really saying is that I'm going to have to top up either a lot more often or put a lot more on it, and you're, back, you're getting closer and closer to the situation where you've got this as your bank card as well. Oh, I see them as two separate sorts of things. There are the small transactions that you would use the card for, which wouldn't require that much money on it. 20 bucks on a card. Losing 20 bucks is perhaps like losing your wallet. Sure. That you've got 20 bucks in. Sure. Whereas losing your credit card has the potential of losing way more than you would normally store in your wallet. Sure. So what you're saying is you you don't use it for your big $200 supermarket weekly purchase, right? You, no. you, you're, you're talking about micropayments, smaller Exactly. You items. pick up a can of Coke or yeah, you need okay. to milk, yeah. or yeah, you I need to that. get on the bus and go somewhere. Those sorts of small payments, it means you your loss when it gets stolen or, or lost is so much lower than if you had lost your credit card or lost your wallet full of cash. Yeah. Well, anyway, I ditched mine. And by the way, trying to get a refund out of them when you when their system cocks up is, is like trying to get blood out of a stone. I'll tell you that. Well, you know, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. But, um, you know, I <laughs> mean... No system wants to give you back money. <laughs> no, that's right. I managed to get a, uh, get a few dollars back that I was owed. But anyway, so <laughs> there we go. So <laughs> Google Android, yeah? Yep, yep. The <laughs> next generation Google Android, Jim Jibbered. That's what it's codenamed. Gingerbread. Uh, mm. And an NFC chip-enabled phone could have the potential for being used in a payment sort of system. Eric Schmidt was keen to emphasize that the, the NFC technology in the phone provides a new platform for people to start thinking about new apps and things that could be controlled or control things in a similar manner. You know, put it put it near put the phone near a sensor and be able to control something. Uh, use it as an, you know, your authorization to get into somewhere or something like that. So there's lots of potential for it, not just that it could possibly replace a credit system. See, this is why I think Google and, and Apple both are doing very well, because they innovate. They do. 
they try new things. Yeah, and, and if you look at, say, the, the old dinosaurs, Microsoft, and even Yahoo to some extent, they're not really innovating much anymore. No. If you look at the shares of Microsoft, they don't really do much. They just sit there. Mm. I don't know whether you visited Apple.com on Tuesday, but if you did, you would have seen a full-page ad that takes up the whole page. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it read, Tomorrow is just another day that you'll never forget. Check back here tomorrow for an exciting announcement from iTunes. And then there were four clocks showing the different times at different places in the world at which the announcement would be made. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, this has got to be huge. This is something amazing. Maybe the, maybe the rumors are, are right that iTunes is finally going to go to a subscription-based model or at least offer that as an alternative. Or maybe it's going to be a cloud storage-based system so you don't have to download your tunes. You can just stream them off a, a sort of an Apple storage system in the cloud. But no, the announcement was the Beatles catalogue is now available on iTunes. That's what a letdown. Well, that's no, yeah, you know, the, the, the hype. They made this. It took the whole page. Apple.com. It took the because whole page. It's big news. <laughs> oh, yeah, but. Oh, I it don't is know. big news. Oh, lots of people were let down by it because lots of people were thinking it was a huge Apple innovation of some variety. But it's still really big news. The, the Beatles may be 50 plus years old, but they are still up there as one of the highest selling bands. Oh, yeah, I like, I'm a fan of the Beatles. I've, I've, got their, I've got their music. I'm a fan of the Beatles, but I guess I was just let down because it was just this huge thing. It was like, I was expecting more, I guess, you know. I was I was just <laughs> hyped up. I was like, wow. And it was, because I thought the other possibility, I, you know, I thought at the time, I thought, or it could be that they're releasing the Beatles, because that was the other rumor going around. And I thought, mm-hmm. nah, for this level of hype, no, it will be something more than just the Beatles. But I was well, wrong. they did miss an opportunity, didn't they? By combining a new release of some sort of technology or something else with the availability of Beatles through iTunes would have yeah see they could have done that yeah would have upped the publicity of whatever the other thing was as well yeah so you you should be working for Apple Brett you should be in the (laughs) marketing department indeed indeed iTunes marketing or something (laughs) (laughs) so you're going to buy any Beatles albums off iTunes or not really uh no I I own Beatles on CD. Yeah, I do too, and I, I don't really have a need to go. So, so it, it's actually already in my iTunes. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's in your iTunes application, yep. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And the last story I wanted to cover this week, there's a French town of U, and it wants to change its name. It's spelled E-U, by the way. And it wants to change its name because Google, when you search on it in Google, it's just not getting any hits, and they're That's not getting pres- any well, tourism. What other things out there? could be slightly broader in scope that are also spelt E-U. Well, there's a very common French verb that people often look up, and that's one word, but the other one is the European Union. Well, exactly. exactly yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, not surprisingly. Ville de U is yeah. <laughs> going to be, ooh, you know, probably several pages in. Yeah, so it'll be, uh, well, they're, yeah, they're proposing Ville de they're proposing U le Château, and U en Normandie. So those are the three possibilities they could go, that are, I guess, considering. I like Ur on Normandy. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I like the first one, Ville de. Oh, yeah. It, oh. It's nice. It's simple. It's catchy. But, but they're uh, all nice. I just like Normandy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they're doing. They're changing the name. They said it was down to changing the name or spending lots of money on Google Ads. 
Yeah, SOE. <laughs> Uh, SEO, I mean, and that well, yeah, that, yeah, that as well. So they decided to change. Well, I think have they decided, or are they still thinking about it? I think they've decided to change the name. Mm. It's a very small town. It's what got eight thousand population of eight thousand, something like that. But they, there are yeah, they're, they're quite proud of their history. This this town of here. Oh yeah, there's they've got a a, a nice castle there. They've got a nice uh, castle there. They've been many, oh, several rather important historical figures have been through that town. I just like the approach. We'll just change our name because we're not featuring on Google. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have got that 10, 20 years ago, would you? No, you wouldn't. No, you would not. But now for tourism and, and for tourists planning their trips or mapping stuff around, if a tourist hears, hears of a place called Ur and types it in and doesn't see it in the first couple of pages, they're not going to they're gonna give up, aren't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. We've changed our, our, <laughs> our ways of uh, searching for information. We, we're just a lot more, uh, what's the word? Mm. No, can't see it. Move on. Next. Yep. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Very short attention span we have these days. Mm. Mm. Uh, it is quite. <laughs> it's a radical approach, but yeah, it's obviously they they are concerned enough to be looking at that as a possible alternative. Well, we can only conclude it's worth it for the tourism. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they got their figures wrong. That's always a possibility. Brett, that concludes episode 93. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting with me once again. Always a pleasure. And we're going to be back next week. Uh, in fact, how many episodes are there for the year, I wonder? We'd, we'd probably get to 96 or 97, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So we're getting close to the conclusion of our second year. And we're getting more and more listeners along the way. It's been a nice steady increase. So that's nice. Oh, excellent. Hmm. So, yeah. Tell Welcome, us- new listeners. Absolutely. If you're new to the show, welcome along and please tell a bunch of friends. Indeed. And yeah. Set, and also, <laughs> tell us if there's anything you want us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us what you think. And in fact, the other thing I haven't said for a while is go to boysatech.com, leave some comments there as well if you like. That's the other way. Anyway, until next week, take care, everyone. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.